Hello everyone, my name is Marco Antonio Regil and I'm with SoFlow Vegan. Hey everybody, welcome back to the SoFlow Vegans podcast. I'm your host and founder of SoFlow Vegans, Sean Russell. Also joining us is our co-host, Alba the Veg Nurse. On this episode of the SoFlow Vegans podcast, we're joined by Marco Antonio Regil, who talks about his background, how he became vegan, um, how he leads with compassion. It's just an amazing conversation that you, you get to listen to all the way through. So we appreciate him taking the time to speak to the SoFlow Vegans community. We're also excited to announce that this episode has been brought to you by Hodo Foods. We've had an opportunity to work with Hodo Foods on multiple occasions, and most recently they supported us with our virtual expo, which you can find at soflowvegans.com expo. If you're not familiar with Hodo Foods, they handcraft delicious organic tofu and plant-based protein for people who love to eat well. They thoughtfully source every ingredient to create wholesome, ready-to-eat foods so you don't have to. They're proudly based in Oakland, California, and is now available in stores like Publix, Whole Foods, Target, and other local grocers. So once again, we want to thank them so much for supporting SoFlow Vegans. And if you're a company out there or someone who wants to also show your support for SoFlow Vegans, reach out to us at contact at soflowvegans.com so we can figure out how to work together. And um, this episode was recorded back in March, so it was in the you know the midst of COVID nineteen. But obviously, we didn't address what's happening now because it was in the future. But I will be addressing it at the end of this episode. So, without further delay, here is our episode with Marco Antonio Regil. You are listening to the SoFlow Vegans podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to SoFlow Vegans Podcast. We are always excited to have you. And at the time of this recording, we're excited to be engaged in a group setting where we can talk and communicate and connect. And of course, we have an amazing guest. But before we get to the guest, if you're listening to this, you're like, probably already know who it is because you clicked on the podcast. I want <laughs> to introduce our co-host for the episode returning to the podcast. We have Alba Mendez. Alba. Hey guys, thank you so much for all the well wishes. Yes, I am feeling very good. And no, I did not have the coronavirus. It was a simple cold. I got checked out by my hospital. As many as you know, I am a nurse. So to go back to work, I had to get checked out. I am cleared and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much again for all your messages, for all the well wishes. And I am so happy that I am back with you, Sean. And we're happy to have you back. And hopefully by the time we're listening to this podcast, they're chuckling because all of this is blown over. We're back to normal and the world is all, all, all is well with the world. But Alba, who do we have on our podcast today? Well, guys, I am very, very excited. You know me. I'm always excited to introduce our guest, but this is none other than Marco Antonio Regil. Welcome, Marco. Thank you. Hi, Alva. Hi, Sean. Hi, all survivors of the coronavirus <laughs> in the planet. Here we are uh, from Austin, Texas. Beautiful, beautiful city. Very, very vegan friendly, as a matter of fact. 
Ooh. very healthy. And Interesting. Today, we're in the middle. Yeah, it's one of the most uh, vegan-friendly cities in the nation. No nice. way. It's, oh, my God. A, you got you to tell us. It's and paradise for vegans. Well, I live two blocks away from Whole Foods, and they have, uh, within Whole Foods, they have this business. It's called Next Level Burger, which is 100% vegan, and it's just wow. takeout, and they make the most amazing burgers. And within walking distance, I have maybe three, four options. We have a, a, a really delicious restaurant in uh, in Austin called Rebel Cheese, that it's just it's just like meat and cheese, but all vegan. And they make sandwiches and breakfast, and it's just amazing. It's packed all the time. We have another place called called Citizen Eatery, which is delicious. Uh, another place called Beer Plant, and tons of food trucks with vegan food from Jamaican, Texan, Mexican. Uh, all kinds, all kinds of, all kinds of things. It's just uh, Austin, Texas, is one of the best cities to live, regardless of the way you eat. But especially if you're a vegan. You know, that reminds me. I, I guess you live in the same city as Marcia Prince from the Plant Chicks. Of course, I just met Marcia a couple of weeks ago, and she's one of my best new friends. And uh, <laughs> there's a very active group on on Instagram and Facebook called ATX Vegans. Uh-huh. ATX is the, is the way locals call Austin. ATX. So ATX Vegans, there's a wonderful, wonderful leader, leader there. Her name is Brittany, and she's been she's she and her her team are responsible for turning uh, restaurants into veganism or or having them include vegan options. And it's a very really well organized uh, group of people that do amazing things here. So I highly recommend you either visiting Austin or just move here. <laughs> and, and I think that's a, that's a hint for me. And, and, <laughs> And one of the cool things is, you know, I actually had an opportunity to briefly meet you a few years ago at Seed Food and Wine. Oh where, no! Oh where, my God! Yes, I'm going to tell this story because I—that's one of the main reasons why I have Alba introduce all the guests, so I don't do what I did to you during that um, during that time. I actually butchered your last name, and um, but you were a good sport about it. And, but that was the, embarrassing. <laughs> but the, but the thing was, you know, I, I had an opportunity to to look at your background, see all of the amazing accomplishments that you've had, you know, throughout your professional career. And when Alba brought up, you know, getting you on this podcast, I was like, yes, let's do it because it's going to be an inspiration for a lot of people out there who may be looking to do something similar to yourself, as well Mm -hmm. as this next thing, which is a tradition here at Soul Flow Vegans, is for us to find out about your vegan origin story. How did you, what, how did you plant the seeds or what seeds were planted that made you want to go plant-based vegan? Well, first of all, thank you. And no worries about butchering my last name, which is, 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 a, is a hard name to, it's a hard name to pronounce in English. It's Regil. So people go, Regil. Regil. No, but they go like, like Regal, Regil, Regil. I can't remember how you pronounced it, but it's, I'm, he, I'm so. I was there and I was like, I, this was me. I was like, oh my God, I don't know him. He was like, Regil, Regil. I was like, wow. Okay, Regil. We're done. We're done. No, it's fine. That's that's why in English I just ask people to call me Marco. That's that's easy. <laughs> that's easy. And I went vegan. Well, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna believe this. If if you would have met me uh, 13 years ago, which is I'm gonna be I'm gonna celebrate my 13th vegan birthday, and uh, I think it's September. Woohoo! Uh, Mine's in June. Congratulations! 13 years. Officially a teenager. How, how about you, Sean? Uh, 2000, I officially started 2008, but went full-time 2013. Good for you. Good for you. Well, if you would have met me before uh, 
when I, when I became vegan, you wouldn't believe that I was going to be vegan. You would have been like, this guy is never going to be vegan because I, I was on the Atkins diet. I did the South Beach diet. I did all wow. the heavy, heavy carnivore things. I, I was, I'm going to, I'm going to say something. You're going to hate my dark, dark past. I was the face of McDonald's in Mexico for about two years. So can you imagine I was endorsing McDonald's? I was, I mean, I had a very successful career. We were doing the prices right, family feud. I are you smarter than a fifth grader and many other game shows. So my career was really hot on television and those were the sponsors and I was doing campaigns for them. Nestle, McDonald's, PepsiCo, uh, you know, all kinds of junk foods and uh, who are the ones that dominate the, the TV industry. And I was working for them and, and I, I just didn't know better. I, I, I was doing the best that I could. I, it took me a long time to make, to finally make it on television. I was supporting my mother, making my dreams come true. And, and that was kind of like, it came with a ter territory and I didn't know better. And uh, so I went from being a, a spokesperson for a lot of these, uh, th these brands into becoming not only vegan, but an activist. So I, I went from making money to giving money. <laughs> so <laughs> financially, financially, I think, I, I, I don't know, uh, when, when people say going vegan is expensive, which is, is a myth, for me, going vegan was very expensive. <laughs> Big time myth. So let's start from the beginning because you mentioned television. And again, for the ones who are not of the Latin community or you don't watch Spanish television, I, I actually do know about Marco, Marco well, let's, let's not say your full name then since we decided on Marco, but I used to watch it with my parent, well, my mom and my grandmother before she passed away. So I think my grandmother had a crush on you at one point. She was like, ah, oh, ese Marco Antonio, que guapo, que guapo el chico. <laughs> and I was like, Give it, now that I'm looking at you, I was like, wow, look at the way that the world turns. But you said, so you got your start on television? Yeah, well, first of all, blessings and love to your to your grand grandmother, right? What, she, she passed two years she, ago. I know, but all my love. Oh, but she passed in this physical world, but I oh know, yeah, send her love and light for whatever she is, and I'm sure she's in your heart forever. So mm. she she didn't really pass. You have to watch Coco the movie. That <laughs> they never go away until we forget them. So she's not forgotten. She's still here with us. So yeah, I started my career in television. Uh, I was starting my career in radio when I was about 14 years old. My, oh. I grew up in a house in Tijuana, border town with, with San Diego. And uh, my grandfather was one of the pioneers of radio in Mexico. So he was an engineer and wow. he was opening radio stations throughout Mexico. So I was born in a house that had a, a radio station in the house. Mm -hmm. so, so that's, I knew radio and, and communication since I was a baby. My mm -hmm. mother was a public speaker. She, she divorced and she was, a, she was a sales trainer for a network marketing company. And uh, so she was training thousands of women all the time. So I, I grew up surrounded by people who were involved in communication in one way or another. So I think I just inherited that dream or that, that talent or that, that, uh, that love for communication. And since I was little, I used to pretend I had a radio station. Santa Claus brought to me a microphone, a speaker, a, 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 a tape recorder. People of the new generation don't even know what a tape recorder is, but I had one of those. I had a vinyl player, you know, like a record player. And so I, I, I built my little radio station. And since I was little, I, I pretended I was a radio DJ. And surely enough, that's what I ended up doing. Radio first. And then in 1997, when I was 27 years old, after 12 years of working really hard on radio, I, I, I got my big break. 
and I started uh, hosting the prices right in Mexico in, in Mexico. And then came the family feud. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? The the telethon in Mexico and uh, and many other shows. The last one we did was uh, the Wall uh, for Telemundo, and we taped that at Universal Studios in Hollywood, and we, that was recently broadcast by Telemundo. So it's been it's been 35 years of of uh, of my path on on television and radio, and now I have my own podcast, and now I'm in the personal development world, and it's been more than 20 years doing workshops and seminars and public speaking on, on personal development. And I go to all the vegan festivals and talk. Oh, so it's, it's, I have a really busy life. I don't know if you're tired already by listening to me. <laughs> I, I, I for sure am not tired because <laughs> I pretty much my entire adult life, even from middle school, I've been fascinated about broadcasting and video production and audio production. So everything you're saying to me is music to my ear. <laughs> And what, what I do want to know from you, because you do have that extensive background in broadcasts and multiple mediums, what are your thoughts on podcasting? Oh my God, are, are you kidding me? Podcasting is the best thing ever. It's my dream come true. When I was a little kid, I would, I would pretend I had a radio station. And I, and I remember when I got my, my first, before I got my first job, I was just allowed, I, 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 I want a talent search it was not really a talent search. It was a promotion in, in our little radio station in a little town in Mexico. And, and I won the privilege of becoming their next new talent, which was a big lie. It was just a promotion. They, they didn't think they were going to find someone who was really committed to his career. But uh, so I, I, they allowed me to go and practice and I learned to edit. I learned to do, I learned to do whatever the other people didn't want to do. And that's how I, I got into it. And I, and I remember how expensive that equipment was, you know, like a mixer and the turntables and the, and the reel-to-reel recorder. And, and back in the day, only millionaires could afford to mount a professional studio, right? You had to be someone with, a lot, with deep pockets to afford a studio. And now here we are with almost nothing. You can have your own podcast and you can broadcast with better quality than the one the professional studios used to have back in the day. So having your own podcast where you can say whatever you want to say, uh, no sponsors uh, being on, on, on top of you, uh, censoring what you're saying or not saying, I think is one of the most amazing things ever in history. I love podcasting. And, and just the, the, the potential of it. I mean, some of the top shows right now are, have millions of people listening to each episode, you know, so it's just, it's, it's amazing. So I'm, I'm going to step no, no, back. No, I was like, actually, now, no, now hold I'm, on, hold no. on one second. I'm, I'm going to flip it a little bit because <laughs> if you listen to our podcast, every podcast is, well, Sean must be, because we're talking about the medical world. Now I finally <laughs> get an opportunity to kind of geek out. That's what I, that's what I was going to say, because for the last, season and a half like all of almost all season three and half of season two it's been nothing but medical professionals been nothing but doctors and medical researchers and i'm over here we're talking gibberish and poor sean is in the background like what are these people saying <laughs> and now that he gets a chance to meet somebody who's also because sean is our media person he is the one who studied this and now he has you and i'm in the background like i'm good i'm enjoying myself but this is, the, the, this is the best of both worlds because think about this. When you invite mm. professionals, and, I, and I've been a, I was a part of the Telemundo morning show last year for, for about a year. When you invite professionals to speak about health and nutrition or any subject, mm. you barely have any time on air. You're, 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 if you're lucky, you have five minutes for the whole section, which, which, in, which includes uh, the host, 
saying hi at the intro, the outro, uh, throwing some questions, maybe having a phone call or some guests that are going to make a couple of questions. You can barely talk as a, wow. as a health professional on television, national television. If you get to speak for, for in an interview for two minutes uh, on real, like the real, real time of you talking and delivering the message, that's a lot of time. You're lucky if you get, if you get that break on television. And now on podcasting, you can speak for a whole hour and you can, you, you can do whatever you want. And people who really want to listen are listening and they really appreciate it. And there's thousands and thousands of them. Sometimes think, think about it. The people who are listening right now could be filling a whole stadium. It's like having an event in a whole soccer stadium or football stadium. And, and, and it's just amazing. It's just amazing. Mm -hmm. It's a big privilege. I don't take it for granted. So yay, Sean, now it's your turn. <laughs> no, uh, with Sean, just a little bit, um, he has been teaching me so much about video editing because I don't come from that world. And in turn, I've been teaching him medical terms. I've been teaching him certain things about the heart or certain things about trauma. Just, you know, you, know, you just never know when he's gonna need that. And um, he's been teaching me about video production and podcasting, which is how I became co-host of this podcast. So it's, it's a give and take. It's a good relationship, working relationship that him and I have. So that, that's that good. That's amazing. If I were to your, in your hospital and you and I would have a nurse who's an expert on video editing and audio editing, I would be concerned. <laughs> I would be like, this girl is spending their time in the things I don't want her to spend. Their time. <laughs> Please take care of me and my body. <laughs> Well, speaking of taking care of your body, now you mentioned that you've been a vegan for 13 years. I, I'm very curious because I know that you're from Mexico. You said it already. And when it comes to the Latin community, because I was a guest a long time ago at uh, Amina Taube, which she has a sanctuary over here, and she's from Venezuela. And she was, she was still amazed that people came up to her and said, how can you be Latin and be plant-based or be vegan? How can you not eat meat or any animal product? And I have to, from Mexico, I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. I know. I need to know this. Well, I mean, there's there's quite a buzz. You know, Marco Borges, right? The, the creator yeah. of 22 Day Nutrition, Cuban, yeah. Latino, uh, and, and vegan. And I, I did a video for PETA. We did it in Spanish and English in, about the myths of going vegan. And we, we went to a, a, a farmer's market in Los Angeles in East LA asking questions about the myths of being vegan. And yes, definitely, that's one of them. That if you're Latino, you have to eat meat. You know, you're a man, you have to eat meat. And it's, and it's obviously quite the opposite, but uh, you would be amazed of how many, how many people, how many, it's mostly women, honestly. Uh, the big uh, paradigm shift that is happening in the world, the consciousness level that is shifting and, and, and going up is coming mostly from the female energy. That's, that's, that's a given. But having said that, there's more and more men joining. I know I have a, quite a, a big group of friends in old Mexico that are now vegan that are opening restaurants. I have a friend in Monterrey, Mexico. Monterrey is like the capital of, of meat, of carne asada in, oh. in, in, in Mexico, of, you know, barbecue. And, and you're in Monterrey, is, is, the, is the third largest city in Mexico, but it's the wealthiest city in Latin America. It's the most entrepreneurial city in Latin America. It's a big city, uh, very powerful, a lot of money. You're there on a, on a Friday afternoon and you can, you're driving on the streets and you can, it smells like carne asada. That's the, the culture of, of eating meat in that city is super strong. It's like, it's like a, Tex, a Mexican Texas. Well, actually it's, it's south of Texas. So it's, we get, uh, the, the city gets all the influence of, of Texas. And he himself, when he went vegan, he said he was really frustrated because he went vegan for the animals. 
And he said, I, I still want to eat the things I like. And since he couldn't find the things he liked, he, he, he started cooking. He was not a chef or anything. He started cooking and then he ended up opening within a, a car shop. He opened a vegan restaurant that is next to the car shop and is now one of the most delicious vegan restaurants in Mexico. It's, it's very small. It's, 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 really, it's, really, it's, a really, it's a hole in the wall per se, but it's the most delicious food. And they make machaca, which is a typical meat-based product. He makes machaca, he makes tacos, he makes soups, he makes like all these Mexican antojitos, like, like delicious things. And he's super successful. And so, he's, so the world is changing and more Mexican and more Latino guys are joining the movement. They're just understanding and they're, they're shifting. So it's changing little by little. I'm not going to lie. The macho culture is there. But little by little, we're getting better. Your beginnings in going vegan. What exactly did you see was the biggest challenge that you faced? Sean, I had two challenges. The first one was, was, was my, my job. Because I was, I was in, on television. And then suddenly, when I watched uh, the video that made me turn vegan, which was um, Glass Walls with Paul McCartney, that's a okay. PETA video that it's online on YouTube. Now it's available in Spanish. It's called Paredes uh, de Cristal. And I have the honor of, I dubbed Paul McCartney into Spanish, and now it's available in English and Spanish. And that's the video that made me go vegan. When I watched that, and I realized that I was working for an industry that was basically sponsored, like, I don't know, 70, 80% by the meat and dairy industry, by the, by the animal-based products. That was the biggest challenge. I could write a book on, on how to damage your television career in, in three mm -hmm. steps by going vegan. <laughs> because then suddenly you don't want to cooperate with the sponsors. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to cooperate with the sponsors, that's, what, that's, that's where the money is coming from. So that was the more, at the professional level, it was very, very hard to achieve that. And, and to make that happen because at the beginning, everyone thought I was crazy. Like, what do you mean you're not going to endorse McDonald's anymore? What do you mean you're not going to endorse uh, Frito-Lay anymore? What do you mean you're not going to endorse Nestle? What do you mean you're, you, can't, you can't mention the sponsor? What do you mean? And I was like, yeah, Bob Barker is vegan too. And he's the host of The Price is Right. And he has all these non-vegan products in the show, but he doesn't mention them. He plays with them but he's not endorsing them. So my thing was, this is your show, it's not my show. I can host your show and you can have the announcer or the models endorse whatever you want them to endorse, but I'm not gonna be uh, participating in this. And of course, the executives were like, but, but the sponsors want the main host to talk about the product. They don't want the model or the announcer talking about them. They want the main host recommending a product. And I said, well, I'm just not gonna do that. And they said, well, you're not gonna be able to host a lot of shows. And I said, that's fine. So I not only lost a lot of, a lot of money, uh, it, like 70% of my income. It was really shocking because you, can, you have to think, it took me 12 years of hard work right. since I was 14 until I got the prices right. And then a few years later, I go vegan. So all that I achieved, it was kind of like, wow, I'm going to have to let go of a lot of what I've worked for. But my, the calling in my heart was really clear. So I didn't have a, a question about that. I knew that I did not want to participate in the suffering, killing, uh, punishment, violence of, of, of the food industry towards animals. And I didn't want to participate in, 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 in creating more unhealthy, uh, creating more un unhealthy uh, uh, situations in, 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 our, in, in Mexico 
because most of our people are obese and a lot of a lot of the reasons why they have diabetes and type mm -hmm. 2 diabetes and they're sick is because of the animal products so when i understood that i said i don't want to participate in the cruelty towards animals i don't want to endorse things that are not healthy for people and now i understand what that what i was endorsing is not the best for anyone and then i learned about the damage to the planet so i said i'm why would i do that i, I i'm i'm a spiritual person I, I i have a very deep and personal commitment with what with the universe with god with 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 the sacred uh, the sacred reality that I, that I believe in. And I, I'm, I know I didn't come here to make the most amount of money. So for me, the choice was clear. It was just very difficult to sustain a television career without wanting to, uh, you know, uh, participate and, and, uh, and be part of the dynamic with, with the sponsors. So for me, that was the hardest thing. Changing my eating habits. Well, I, got a, I, I went to the doctor. I started doing my research. I did things in a professional way because I knew that being a public person, I didn't want to make mistakes that later would turn into a bad example because I know that if, if, you know, hundreds or thousands of people die every year because of the consequences of eating meat. And nobody says that about them. But if a, but if a vegan gets a, gets a cold, it's like, oh, it's because you're vegan, right? If, if, you, if, if you got coronavirus, <laughs> oh, because you got coronavirus because you're vegan. Or, or you know, if I die, I'm going to die because I'm vegan. You know, it's like every they blame it on veganism and then we have uh to make things even worse we have people like my my dear friend rovana that was vegan and and she was endorsing veganism and then and she didn't and she didn't go to the doctor and she didn't she didn't follow she was not educated and then she made huge mistakes in in her eating habits and and then she 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 stops eating meat and she stops going being vegan and she starts eating meat again and then she blames it on veganism which is really unfair because she did not get the right advice and i know this firsthand because we were friends i mean we were great friends and it, and it was really painful to see what happened there so from the beginning i knew that i i had to do this with responsibility so the hard part was my job and the hard part was dealing with my family and with my friends and dating and other things Turning vegan myself for me since since it came as a as a call from my heart, it was not it was not hard because I just knew I had to do it. I and when I make a decision, I make a decision and that's it. I just need I just need to learn how to do it and and that's it. You know, so it's the complications were more on the on the job and dealing with people and explaining and the family and the dating big time. Oh my god, my dating life changed dramatically after going vegan. So. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know if that answers your, no, your question. Chad, no, that was good. But you mentioned that it was a video that kind of opened your eyes a little bit. Who gave you the video? Well, yeah, no, it wasn't that a video. It was, it was a teacher, oh. actually. I mean, yeah, the video was like the like the last, like like the, what's the saying in English? Like the dr last drop or the last, the last. Uh, la gota que derramó el vaso. In, in Spanish, la gota que derramó el vaso. In English, I know there's a, there's a similar saying. The, the the straw that broke the camel's back or something back. like that. Yeah, <laughs> or the, or the, yeah, the final straw a, or whatever. Oh, but yeah, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. The final straw. Is that the it? final straw, which is not a vegan example, by the way. Poor camel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put anything on top of the camel. Let the camel alone. Uh, yeah. Well, I had a I had a teacher. Uh, his name he passed already. Uh, his name is uh, was Larry Moss. Uh, I was in. Um, I, I was I grew up in Mexico and my English was very limited when I was 30 something when I came to the States. 
I was not fluent in English. I could understand it and I could speak a little bit like going to the restaurant or going to the mall, but I couldn't ha carry a, a conversation, conversation in, in English. So uh, I was living in Miami. I, I went to Miami. I was working for Univision. We were doing uh, the family feud. And at some point in Miami, I just didn't resonate uh, with, and I say this with all love and respect for, for Miami and South Florida, because I know you guys are there. <laughs> I just didn't resonate with the, with the, with the lifestyle and the, and the vibe of Miami, which I know a lot of people love and it's paradise for them. For me, it was different. For me, it was more like, ah, I, I, just, I just don't, I, this is a fun place, but I'm not looking for fun. What I'm looking for is personal growth. So I, I, I didn't feel I was, and then, I, I wanted to learn English. And then very soon I realized that in Miami, I was not gonna learn English. I was gonna, just gonna pick up a Cuban accent, <laughs> which is fun, but it's not what I, it's not what I wanted uh, for me, right? And, mm -hmm. and uh, anyways, so I decided to move out of, uh, out of Miami. I moved to Arizona because I met uh, Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I got into all this, personal development, uh, financial freedom. I started teaching the workshops and, and, and conferences in Spanish, providing Latinos with, with a different mindset about you know, becoming entrepreneurs and, and financially free and being responsible for the decisions. I really got into what my mom uh, was into before, which is personal improvement. So I became a public speaker at that point. And when I was there, I was totally immersing myself in learning the English language. And, and I, was, I was a little concerned because I couldn't move forward. So I spoke to one of my best friends, who's a, a Jackie Veracamontes, a well-known actress in, in Mexico. And she introduced me to Larry Moss. And, he, and she said, he's very expensive, but he's really good. Turns out that he was a teacher of uh, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, and many other uh, huge Hollywood celebrities. So he was a fanatics teacher. Fanatic, he would call himself a fanatics fanatic. So his job was to help actors develop accents depending on the character that they wanted to, they needed to have for a character in a movie. So he was, he, he spoke only English, but he was an expert on helping you to speak with specific accents, Texans, Indian, Mexican, Canadian, French, whatever. So he was a phonetics teacher. So I hired him and we were having lessons for hours, sometimes entire days to take me from my very, I mean, I still have an accent and I'll have it forever, of course, but my, act, my accent was really pronounced, like I would pronounce English in a very Latino way. So sometimes people couldn't understand me because of the way I was speaking, right? So I wanted to change my accent. I'm exaggerating right now, but I wanted to shift that and, and, and have a, more of a standard American accent. So anyway, so I hired him, we started working together and little did I know that Larry, was had been vegan for about 40 years wow. and he was one, one of the most uh great one of the great leaders of veganism and animal rights and and uh, and peaceful for the peace for the planet and the animals and people he, he was he was an angel he was an amazing leader so he came to me and he was very sneaky because he started in the and the lessons he gave me he would uh he would provide material that we would read articles from a newspaper, uh, a, a, an audio uh, radio commercial, you know, things like that. So we could read and practice. And he started sneaking in information about the animals <laughs> and about the planet and about it, the health. And, and because he saw that I was a heavy carnivore. And uh, so he started sneaking those things in. So I, and, but he wouldn't say anything. We would read it and, and work on the pronunciation. And then at the end of the lesson, I would be like, 
Larry, is it true that they punish animals so bad like they say in this article? And he would be like, yeah, Marco, yeah, <laughs> it is true. But let's move on to the next lesson. I was like, no, Larry, tell me more about it. No, 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 let's move on to the next lesson. So he was very uh, intelligent. He, he, was, he was a very uh, professional uh, activist. So he knew that he would push things in on my face or judge me or be aggressive with me. I would not change. He started just allowing me to become curious about, about that. And in that curiosity, at some point I said, Larry, I love animals. I, I can't, I, I, I just, this, this, this that you're saying that, that, you're, that you're sharing with me and what's happening to the planet and people's health. And, and this is horrible. I really want to learn more about it. So when he saw that I was ready, he was the one who recommended the video. He said, Mark, he said, Marco, you're not going to like it, but if you really want to know, just search on YouTube for glass walls mm-hmm. and watch that documentary. And, and then we'll talk. And this was when, 13 years ago? 13 years ago. So when I watched that documentary, I cried, 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 cried. I couldn't, I couldn't believe what I was looking at. I, it, it, it was it's just like, a, like I opened my eyes and I had no idea of what was happening behind the food industry and what was being done to the animals. And I cried, cried, cried. I watched the video several times because I said, I'm not going to let my mind forget about this. I'm going to make a change right here, right now. And, and, uh, and I watched it several times and, and it was also, I felt really guilty because not only I was consuming those products, I was announcing, I was endorsing those products and I was making money with those products. So I made a, I made a spiritual commitment with God, with the universe. I said, God, I, I've never been in favor of, of, of any violence towards any living being. For me in my childhood was, I grew up Catholic. So for me learning about the crucifixion and the punishment that Jesus went through, that was really painful, very, very painful for me at the point where I couldn't even look at the in, the, in the churches, the old churches in Mexico where they have crucifixes and I couldn't even look, in at, look at those things. And then when I, when I started watching movies about slavery, how people were brought from Africa and what they did to the indigenous people in Mexico and Latin America, I would truly suffer by seeing those things because I, I just couldn't, I couldn't understand that and it, it hurt my heart. So when I saw the animals, it was just the same thing. I said, this is the same thing that was done to slaves. This is the same thing that was done to the Jewish people. This is the same thing that was done to um, ancient Mexicans and, 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 and to Jesus. And I connected all the dots and this is the same violence. I am not going to be a part of this and I'm going to become an activist and, and, and speak, it, speak in, uh, about, about this so people find out. Remember, this was the days before Instagram. <laughs> We were starting Facebook back in the day. Facebook was brand new. We were switching from, what was that? MySpace? MySpace. No, MySpace. Well, it and, started and, with High Five. High I Five. Remember, I remember high. having High Five when I was and in then, high school, college? Yeah. I don't remember anymore. And, the, and, and, the, and, and, and then the it went to MySpace. And the messenger and, was this thing called the ICQ. Like, ah, ah. Uh, <laughs> they would send you messages. Yeah. So it was the beginning. And, and I said, I have to change. So I changed. And I, I changed, and that was that was so. Larry Moss, who uh, passed a few years ago, he was my 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 teacher. He 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 taught me to speak English in a more fluent way, and and the best gift that he he gave me was was the gift of the information that uh, made me decide to go vegan. And it's been it's been 13 years. And I when I when I talk to other people about being vegan, I I use the same tactics mm-hmm. that Larry used, which is not being aggressive, not judgmental, not confronting people, mm. just like. 
sneaking in there. <laughs> his, approach, <laughs> his, his, his approach was different. Kind of reminds me of, uh, he was the vegan version of Harry Higgins in My Fair Lady. Okay. Yep. Yep. Oh, wow. Wow. I like that reference. <laughs> well, you have to, yeah. Well, you have to be subtle. It, it's better when you allow someone to look for the information, to be curious, mm-hmm. to come to the realization um, in, their own, in their own time. I know that when we see the cruelty and all that's happening, there's an urgency in our hearts. We want to convert people tomorrow immediately, right? Because we, mm-hmm. we, we see the urgency. I understand. But being a, a, a real, a powerful and an effective activist requires to take a deep breath and understand that not everyone's ready to listen and not everyone's going to change. Because I, I don't know if it happened to you, but I, I thought, oh my God, the only problem is that people don't know about this. And the moment they know about it, they're going to change like I changed. Big surprise. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen like that. A lot of people can see anything and everything and they won't change and that was very hard for me to understand because people that i love people that i admire people who are my friends people who are my teachers people who i i I deeply deeply admire they would not make the decision that i made and at the beginning i judged them and i said oh these are mean people are they hypocrites hypocrites and then i had to understand that the change of consciousness the development of unconditional loving, not only for other humans, but for other species, it's something that happens little by little. I wish, I wish we could change it immediately, but I understand that I have to be peaceful, calm, and effective. And I want to be an efficient, effective uh, activist. So that's what, how I learned to take a more subtle approach where I show them how good this lifestyle is, and then that's more effective than attacking them or judging them. Because if Larry would have done that to me, I, I would have been defensive and I would have, wouldn't have changed. I mean, you're talking about you were, he was teaching the guy who was the, 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 the face of, of junk food in Mexico. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> so You mentioned McDonald's, but one of the bigger news stories within the vegan space was, is the Whopper, the impossible Whopper, and how that's, you know, from the animal side, it's, preventing the death and slaughter of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of animals a year. But there's also that health side of it. So where do you, where do you fall in that, in that realm? Man, that's a very interesting subject, right? Because from the perspective of, of loving compassion for animals, when someone as big as Burger King or Subway, who, who's introducing something to, or Dunkin' Donuts, which is carrying Beyond Meat, and McDonald's is doing some tests in other parts of the world, and Kentucky Fried Chicken is, is, in, is introducing in some locations the Beyond Chicken. So from the perspective of stopping uh, the pain of animals yeah. and the suffering and, and the pollution of the planet, from those two perspectives, of course, I celebrate. And as much as I love, love, love vegan restaurants, I know that when a big chain like that introduces uh, an alternative meat, like when Chipotle did it, right, when they brought in the Sofridas, Mr. Fridas, I know that that's the equivalent of opening thousands and thousands of vegan restaurants immediately because they reach so, the, the critical mass, right? They reach so many people in their restaurants that it's a huge vegan win. Even though uh, vegans who are more radical, uh, they say, well, no, that's wrong. I'm never going to consume. I, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not going to Burger King to buy the Impossible Whopper, but I celebrate 
that they have it. I celebrate Beyond Meat in many, uh, in Miami. I, I was in Miami in many uh, sports bars and then suddenly I saw that they have the Beyond Burger and I go like, great, that's amazing. Now, so from that perspective, I think it's a huge win. I think it's a huge win. And even though we know and we understand that eating Beyond Meat or eating the Impossible Burger every single day of your life is not a healthy thing. No. <laughs> but, it's, but, it, but it opens up the door of the conversation like ah okay i can have uh pancakes i can have chilaquiles i can have burritos i can have whatever you know i can have anything and everything vegan and then it's easier to have the conversation of yeah but you don't want to have that every day you might want to have it once a week it's a cheat meal so just like you wouldn't be eating uh, regular burgers if you want to be a healthy person that would be just a cheat meal so this is your cheat meal so it's there you don't have to give up on ice cream here in Austin, they make the Nada Moo ice cream, which is delicious. They're, they're from here. Uh, and it's amazing. So when you want to have ice cream, you have Nada Moo ice cream and, and other brands. And you can, you can have your antojitos or your cheat meals. Having said that, let's obviously move on to, into a whole foods plant-based diet that is less expensive and is the healthiest option. But it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a segue. It's a door that opens. So it's I, a good I mean, transition food. I celebrate, yeah, I celebrate every single win. I'm a positive, effective activist. I celebrate every single win. And a friend of mine who's a heavy carnivore comes and says, hey, listen, I didn't put cheese on my carne asada. I go like, great, awesome, <laughs> little step, baby step, whatever. I rather focus on the wins and on the achievements than on judging what's not there. Because I learned that's, that's not effective from my no. perspective. Or in your form of activism, because we know that there's many different forms of activism. And there, some activists, are um, they drag you into the vegan world kicking and screaming, and that works for some people. Then there's the subtle ones, like um, your teacher was. And then there's the ones who clod you with lots of medical advice and medical statistics. And that tends to sometimes change people, especially after some type of event that you might have had in your health. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think um, it's whatever works for you. But... Uh... But I, for me, it's really basic. For me, what motivates me to be vegan or mm. to have a plant-based, whole foods, plant-based diet is compassion and is love and is, is mercy, right? So the same way I rejected as a kid the violence against Jesus in the same way I rejected as a, as a teenager the violence against slaves of Latin America, of, of Africa, or any place in the world, the same way I reject the violence against women the same way I'm going to reject the violence to any other human, any other living being that has a central, a nervous system, right? Where they feel pain. So it's just for me, it's not about the animals. It's about compassion. It's about love. So if I want to invite someone else to include animals in their circle of loving, then I have to include them in my circle of loving. If I approach them with hate, I'm, so I'm inviting you to be loving to another species but I'm hating you because you're, you haven't learned what I learned. Mm -hmm. So it's not effective. I, I think there's an incongruency there and it's, and it's hard. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah. hard. It's hard because when I see someone being racist or being, uh, uh, being this, treating the animals in the wrong way or being discriminating to women or nationalities and, or religions, I, there's a part of me that wants to kill them. Right. But like, dude, react, you know, you have to, you have to, we have to move on from this, this lower level of consciousness, but that's my ego. And my ego is exactly the enemy that I'm fighting mm. uh, when, when, when I talk to other people. So I can't come from my ego who wants to just 
the world should be exactly as I want it to be because I changed. Everyone needs and has to change because I changed. I have to come from my heart, from my loving, from my spirituality, from my sacred consciousness to, to, to invite people to be loving and peaceful, peaceful and, and, and to become one. You know? So that's my perspective. How are you using that platform of, of love and peace and veganism and doing the work that you do on television to well, draw people to the cause? <laughs> the way I'm using television is being out of television. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I know you left Miami about a year ago. I, le I left Miami about a year ago. I year was ago, there. And you were in I, Telemundo for a while. I was in Telemundo. I was doing the morning show. I signed a, I signed a contract for a whole year, a, a three-year contract with Telemundo. And we had great intentions. They had great intentions. I got great intentions to bring more a higher a higher level of of consciousness and eating and living and empowering. But honestly, once I was in there, it's it's just a dynamic that is very difficult to change because it's a morning show. It's mm. a morning show with sponsors, with a lot of producers, with a lot of people. And they're don't get me wrong, they're doing great things. They're they're doing great things. It's just mm -hmm. this dynamic of everything has to last three minutes, five minutes. We, we can't get in there because if we say this, we're gonna scare people who don't wanna to listen to that message. And it's because the, the, what happens with television, which is not what happens with podcasting, YouTube, social media, they're not talking to a segment of the population. They're talking to everyone. And the effort on television is, is being liked by everyone. And that includes your sponsors. So For talking- ratings your ratings and your sponsors so when you want everyone to like you that's the opposite of what we do in digital media in digital media we don't want everyone to like us in digital media we're looking for the niche of the market for that segment for for your the person that is looking specifically for this message and here we can be more of ourselves it's segmented segmented it's very efficient very to the point you know what I mean? You're, we're here on this show and you're not, you're not, you're not going to tell me, Marco, be careful with what you say because we don't want to scare the, the, the ladies that are, are, you know, are not into this. And No, here we can be ourselves. So either people love you or hate you. They're in it or they're out of it. Television is not like that. Television, the game of television is let's appeal to as many people as possible in, in, in the U.S. per se. But here in your podcast, yes, you go like, yeah, let's appeal as to many people as possible, but it's not the U.S. It's the whole world, anyone in the world who wants to become healthier and more conscious. So that's, your, that's our market. So, it's, it's, it's in, in, so the, the best way I can, I can serve my mission is, is to honestly be on television on very limited basis. I just finished The Wall. We did that. We did 13 shows in three days out of Universal Studios. Amazing show, fun, I love it. And, and we're gonna do other things like that. Uh, but I just rejected a show for Mexico that is a baking show, it's the most successful show in England. And they're bringing it to Mexico and to Univision. And the great are, uh, British baking show. The baking show, the, it's called Baked Out. Yeah. They're baked Out, two days ago, I watched the show and I just, and it was a good offer, big money. But I said, no, I said no, because I, what am I gonna do there? They're gonna be using uh, dairy and eggs and, 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 and white flour and processed uh, items. And they're gonna have sponsors. And what am I gonna do? Be there on the show and not taste the cake <laughs> and, and, and give them a lecture about how bad it's gonna make, give them type two diabetes? No, no. And how that is hurting the animals or how that is hurting the planet? No, what am I doing there? The best way I can serve is by being honest and telling the TV network 
that honestly I'm flattered that they still think about me after after they know what I do and they know what I say and they still call me and say Marco would you like to host this show God bless them I said thank you so much I really appreciate it it wouldn't be congruent with me and they mm. said you know what thank you thank you because you're being honest and I said but the next time you have if you bring back the prices right or you want to do another game show we're developing one of our own now uh, to pitch to uh, to digital platforms I'll keep doing that as long as what I do and say in television is not in conflict with my my true self and mm -hmm. and that's basically it. but I have to understand that I, I thought for a, for a for a while I thought that I was going to be able to deliver this message through mass media through, through the traditional media and then I learned that no that is not that is not the the path at least for me at least now the path is podcasting the path is my Instagram account Facebook lives the path is creating a digital platform that uh, creates online courses uh, to teach people how to live a, a better life and financially emotionally and in their physical health too and that's what I'm doing I'm devoting my time to building my own business which is a digital platform to go from the physical world to go into the digital world in a very uh, affordable and achievable way so we're, we're starting that and, and that's what I'm doing that's one of the, amazing one of the things that I'm really appreciating about this conversation is it flows in line with my personal uh, my convictions and and my core beliefs which are boiled down to three things it's connection it's compassion and it's communication and we spent a long time talking about compassion which is great because um, in a recent podcast i was put onto a acronym that i try to say as many times as podcasts as possible because when i heard about it it blew my mind it's heal have you heard of that um no heal heal so it's health environment animals and love and I love not just for others, but also for yourself. I'm curious for you, what would you recommend to some of the listeners who may want to dig a little bit deeper into being more compassionate, whether it's for themselves, self-care, or for other people? Like, what are some things that have helped you along the way? Sean, you just said it right there. That's the key. You start with yourself. The only, key, the only things you can give to others is what you know you give to yourself. So if you want to really go deep in understanding uh, the, the essence of the teachings of all major uh, uh, religious or spiritual traditions in the planet, it's unconditional loving. It's compassion, it's mercy, it's compassion. That's what it is, it's unconditional loving. So in order to understand and experience unconditional loving, you start with yourself, you start if you want to lose weight, don't lose weight because you want to be accepted by others or because you think your body is ugly or because you want to be liked by others. No, that, that would be like, like not clean energy to, to, to get a goal, uh, to make something happen. If you're going to lose weight, do it because you love yourself. Do it because you're worthy of healthy food, because you're worthy of clean energy in your body, because you're worthy of being free and expanding and, and being in your in your in your top self, right? To be creative, to to live life, to to live 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 a life uh, that allows you to become what your heart desires. Do it out of loving, right? And in that loving, obviously, 
love your dreams and love yourself wherever you are and, and be compassionate with yourself and with your ideas and with your process. And I think that when you learn to do that with yourself, I mean, it's, it's hard to not do it with others. And then maybe you, you want to start with your, with your own family, right? With your circle of friends, but then make a conscious effort on expanding that to other people, to other races, to other nationalities, to other beliefs, to even the people who you don't, you don't agree with, right? Uh, and, and, and then, of course, the natural consequence is to continue and going to, another, to other species and to the, the whole universe, right? You, mm -hmm. so, so we don't, being in agreement, agreeing is not a requirement for loving. And that's one of the most powerful mm -hmm. things that I've learned. Wow. Agreeing is not a requirement for loving. Believing in the same things is not a requirement for loving. So that, that's, that's unconditional love. Conditional love is, oh, Sean, you are vegan. I am vegan. I love you, man. I mean, how can, how can we not love each other because we share our, our same dynamics, our same lifestyle? But would I love Alba if she stopped being vegan? Yes. The answer is yes. And isn't that beautiful? If you, if you knew that we can become friends and I wish, really wish I have the intention of being your friend and that we've developed a friendship here, wouldn't it be nice to know that I would be your friend even if you stopped being vegan? Yeah, you'll probably uh, drag me back kicking and screaming if I didn't want to go back. <laughs> I, I don't know. I would, I, would, I, would, I would love to understand why and I would do my best to support you. But mm -hmm. knowing that, mm -hmm. that I would still love you Mm -hmm. And you're not going to be less valuable in my eyes because you're not, you're, you might be less compatible. That's right. different. Less compatible is one thing, but less deserving of loving? No, because the moment I start uh, putting requirements on the table to give you love is because I'm putting requirements for me to, this, to give myself love. Mm -hmm. So if I believe I need to do certain things to be deserving of loving, then I'm going to mm -hmm. do that with others. So then we go into the animals and go like, well, Bernie is a dog. Love, the doggies are men's uh, or, or you know, humans' best friends. They deserve loving. Oh, and the pig. The pig was created as food. God created the pig as food. So he doesn't deserve the loving because he was, he was created for me. You know, since he's a pig, he doesn't deserve love. Since he's a dog, he deserves love and compassion. The other one, well, you know, it is what it is. So it's the same, if you think about it, I, I don't know who said this. It was an African-American woman. I, I wish I could remember her name, but I've seen this on, on Instagram where she says, uh, women, the, the same way women were not creating, were created for men, black people were not creating, created for white people, animals were not created for humans. We all live because of our own, of our own reasons and love of the universe. So nobody belongs to anyone. That is unconditional loving. But how can I get there? I need to practice that with myself first. I, 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 it's convenient for me, for you, for everyone to learn to love ourselves, to learn to love yourself when you're healthy, when you're sick, when you have money, when you're broke, when you have a house, when you're homeless, when you have a car, when you don't have a car, when you're successful, when you're unsuccessful, when you're making the right choices and, and being recognized by people, and when you're, when you're making mistakes, making big mistakes and getting that feedback, can I still love myself during the whole process? Which doesn't mean that I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna change, I'm not gonna do my best to make, be better, but can I be loving with myself during the whole process? Then I can give love to others, and then I can include the animals 
in, in, in our circle of loving. I, I don't know if this makes sense or if you agree or not, but that's, this is what's in my heart. And I'm not saying I have the truth. I'm just mm. saying this is what, what's inside me. No, I totally uh, feel for yeah. it. And I'm listening to what you're saying. Yes. And this is good. Yeah, 100%. Um, I share the same sentiment. You know, it's, it's, for me, it took, I, I went out and I seeked help in learning what was holding me back. You know, I went through different courses and became self-aware and that helped me tremendously in being able to discover a lot of what you're talking about. And at the same time, I always pose the question because it's through other people's experiences that I continue to grow and learn. So you expressing what you, you know, what you just expressed, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And I, and I appreciate that you say it because then, then we become, uh, it's easier if we know we're not alone, mm -hmm. right? It's easier. And, and most of the world out there, unfortunately, they're not in this, in that level of, of commitment to do not what's good only for, for me personally, for them personally, but for everyone. So the more we go, we're going against the flow, but the more of us that, and that's the magic of this podcast. And I really, really, really acknowledge you for having the Instagram account and the podcast and making this effort because I, I, I know you don't do this for money. I know you do this because you love this. But when you, we create these kind of spaces where we can connect, ah, it's inspiring, it's relieving. It's like, I'm not alone. I'm not the only crazy person. There's more of us coming together. And, and, we, and, and then, it, then it'll, it'll, it'll be more and more people. And in the near future, it'll be the majority. But for now, we still have to, to work hard and, 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 and get, get ourselves in touch. I like that we become each other's support. And that is what a lot of our organization is. There's a lot of people who come to us because their families or their friends, they have nobody to turn to when they turn into this particular lifestyle or they become self-aware or quote unquote woke on certain things. They want to express that. They want to talk to their families or their friends or their circle. And they don't have that support because they're either made fun of or they don't want to hear it. And then they turn to, you know, to, or, to us or to somebody who is like that. And it's wonderful that we have been able to create the space that they have that support. Hey, there's somebody here who's going to have their arm around you one way or the other. If you need help in tips on food, if you need help in, hey, maybe this restaurant or in the podcast that we do, that we try to educate the community as much as we can, which is coming to the next question that I have, because as Latinos and, or in the Hispanic community, there's still so much misconception, misinformation, and not enough education when it comes to a whole food plant-based diet mm -hmm. yep. or the or even the, the dangers of what animal agriculture does to the environment and um, health wise. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, good th the good thing is that we have Netflix and Netflix has subtitles in Spanish. Yes. <laughs> so now, now it's there and now we have more and more uh, doctors and nurses who speak Spanish and we have more psychologists who speak Spanish and, and they're vegan and, and more activists and more celebrities and uh, it's, it's getting there. It's, it's getting there little by little is getting, is getting there. But what you said is so important because the number one fear of any human being is not dying. Dying is, is number two. The number one fear that every single human being has is public, to be accepted. public humiliation, humiliation, public humiliation, being, being uh, expelled from uh, their circle, from their families, from their circle of friends, 
That's why if, if you read the Bible or read any of the ancient books, they, they tell you that uh, the worst punishing, punishment was being kicked out of the, of the town, right? They would expel you from the town. And I don't know the word in English, but in Spanish is el destierro. I don't know what the, the word in English for that is like. I think know. that's the, probably that's the Mexican term because in Peru, I, we don't use that. I haven't even heard of that word before. <laughs> destierro. Well, it means that yeah. tierra is earth. Destierro okay. means that you're kicked out of your earth or your piece of land, meaning you're mm -hmm. expelled from your tribe. That's basically what it is. And they would expel you. The worst punishment, even worse than killing you, was expelling you and, and being humiliated. You're kicked out of this town. The circle, your family, you'll never see mm -hmm. us again. Can you imagine back in the day? You didn't have Facebook or Instagram or any other ways of connecting. You're gone, dude. You're gone. You're gone. You won't have anything. And that was the worst. And that was the worst punishment. Even even when when I went to England, I learned that when uh, when people from royalty were killed, and, and instead of being killed in public in a, in, a, in, the, in the downtown, and so people could come and see the execution, they would be given the privilege of being uh, being killed in private to avoid the, 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 the public humiliation. So oh, wow. going back, going, yeah, going back to this, yes, that is the most difficult problem. You want to go vegan. You want to live a more conscious life. You want to be more loving. Well, you're going to have to go against the flow. And, and, and the worst fear is your family coming at you and saying, Tú estás loco, ¿qué tienes en la cabeza? Are you crazy? What do you think you're doing? You know, it's like, like te, te vas a morir. You're going to die. Like you start listening to all these crazy misconceptions and misunderstandings of reality that come when you decide you can tell anyone i'm gonna drink oh that's okay i'm gonna smoke a cigarette oh that's okay i'm gonna have a mcdonald's burger okay that's okay i'm gonna go party and not sleep for three days oh that's okay you tell someone i'm going vegan and go like oh my god you're gonna die what do you think you're doing and that's they wrong. become nutritional experts you, yeah or, or you, you, you have to eat your mother's food that's 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 if you don't eat your grandma's uh, tamales then then that means you don't love her and they, 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 like basically they start making you feel like you're going to be expelled from your circle of friends or your or your family well guess what that is the number one fear of any human being so when we make a change not only not only in our eating habits but mm -hmm. when we step up and say, I'm not gonna participate in this cruelty for animals. I'm not gonna be a part of the destruction of this planet, which means I'm gonna buy different brands, different products. I'm gonna be more natural, more organic. I'm not gonna participate in any discrimination for women or an unfairness to women or Latinos or black people or Asians or any minorities. I'm not gonna be a part of that. Immediately, you would get the reaction of certain groups of people. And if that's your circle, it's your circle right now, guess what? You have to be able to deal with that. And sometimes you have to transplant yourself to a different environment because sometimes you can't change what you have around you. And, and, and sometimes you can, but sometimes you can. You know, in either way, you have to be able to face that level of uncomfort and uncertainty. So you're facing the worst fear. You know, and that's, 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 that's why be, becoming an activist and being a part of a change when the change is not popular, when it's popular, it's easy, but when it's not popular, that's, that's a game for, not for the weak of heart. That's, that's, that's something for leaders and only leaders. That's why only leaders become entrepreneurs and only leaders become activists. And, you know, it's, in, it doesn't matter where, where we are in, in what part of history we are. It's, it's how, always, it's always how, difficult. 
how is the change in, in Mexico out of curiosity? Because I, I really don't know. I haven't been to Mexico, so I don't know how it is, but it, it's getting there. It, have you seen something? I mean, I don't even know what, what to ask because I, I wouldn't even know. Is there more? You mentioned Monterey has a restaurant, which is great, which I'm excited to try it. Not one. It has, Monterey has like 15 different vegan restaurants. Oh, now. okay. Yeah, but the yeah. whole, like, El Efe, yeah. um, the, the capital, Guadalajara, yes, Chihuahua yeah. or anything they're, like that. How is well, Chihuahua, Chihuahua is a, is, is, it would be behind. But the the oh, biggest okay. cities, the biggest uh -huh. cities, obviously, it's always the biggest cities the that cities. change first. Yeah. So Mexico City has tons of vegan options. Mexico has been changing its laws. There's a lot of laws that have been passed, including banning animal, wild, wild animals and circuses. That was done before yes. the, the, the U.S. did it. I mean, the U.S. hasn't done it fully. Uh, no. but Mexico only a couple of states a couple of states and uh, yeah. you know Ringling Brothers is out of business and, uh, and things like that are, are happening but Mexico banned the use of wild animals years ago wow. bullfighting has been banned in three states already and in many other cities no way uh, bullfighting yeah. in three wow. states in three states only in three states only and, uh, and in and in some cities and it's been that's the toughest fight yeah because, uh, that's tradition well, it's not only, it's not, it's more, more than it's tradition, like 70% of the population opposed openly to bullfighting is just oh. whose tradition it is, is the most powerful people in Mexico, the most, right. the richest and most powerful people in the government, business owners. So you're fighting the top one, Bernie Sanders will be, we're fighting the top 1% of the people, <laughs> top 1% likes bullfighting, <laughs> even though 99% rejects bullfighting. So that's the problem. What this campaign wow. is all about <laughs> is changing that. So that's the most difficult thing. So circuses were easier because the richest and most powerful people were not into, into the animals with circus and into the circuses with animals. They actually liked Cirque du Soleil and they understand that is even more refined to have a circus without animals, right? So it's, you know, it wasn't what it was hard was to get get it done in the first few states but it's changing there's more vegan restaurants there's there's it's easier because the mexican culture remember the the pre-hispanic culture which means the culture that we had before the spaniards came to mexico or mesoamerica or the whole you know what's now latin america uh it was 90 percent vegan 80 90 percent vegan already oh wow that's amazing we, we are the culture of the corn and, uh, and, and beans and uh, rice came from Europe later on in Asia, obviously, but then, then with the Spaniards. But eating all the plants and, uh, and, and spirulina and remember the Mayans and, you know, created the Chocolate. cacao. Not, well, chocolate is like Switzerland because they added sugar and milk, but cacao, the superfood, the superfood what comes mm -hmm. from the Mayas, it was mm -hmm. a So for, for Latinos, it's easier to talk about uh, a plant, uh, a, whole, a whole foods plant-based diet, because we are naturally more connected to our roots, to our ancient roots. So for us to speak about love and compassion and, and plants and natural medicine, and it's easier because it's just going back to who we are. Right, right, right. So it's, right. it's easier, we're more connected to our, our roots, our ancient roots. Uh, I, I feel that in the white, white men world <laughs> that's that's a longer shot so in people who suffer more in countries where there's less money their hearts are more open open in, in understanding of other other beings suffering because if you have everything if you've never suffered 
it's hard to understand the suffering of another human being or an, or an animal. In countries where people have suffered already and they know what suffering means, I feel they're way more open and connected. And that's what I see, it's easier. And honestly, it's easier to talk about compassion, veganism, the planet with, with Latinos that, than it is with white people. I mean, I'm sorry, I, I have to say it. it's true. There's, there's, a, there's a more loving heart there in the majority. I'm not saying everyone, you know, mm -hmm. but in the majority. And I think the same happens with the African-American community and with even the Jewish community that went through a Holocaust. So they know, you know, when, when you know, when, when it's in your history, when it's in your past, you know, it's easier to relate. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm going to wind down on this question here. And this is coming out of me not even having a, the fondest, the faintest idea of where to start. What would you recommend to someone who may have a, a family member they want to get get them on to you know being more plant based, being vegan, and they don't speak English. You know, because only resources I know that are out there are all in English. Maybe you can get a translator, but and then you click and it does a horrible Google Translate. But what are some resources or some individuals that you can maybe put out there to say, hey, check this out? <laughs> That's really funny. You're right. You're right. Well, first of all, like I said. Netflix has the magic of having everything subtitled. So now you can, they can see Game Changers and they can see all the great documentaries with subtitles in Spanish. So that's number one resource. And then I would say, send them to me, send them to, nice. send them to, my, to my podcast. We don't exclusively talk about veganism. We talk about living a, a, an empowered life, but, but a whole foods plant-based diet is, is part of the message we, we share. On the medical side, I would definitely recommend uh, Dr. Mauricio, uh, Dr. Mauricio, who's, uh, I, can, I can give you his, uh, his Instagram account in a, in a second, uh, Mauricio Gonzalez. Dr. Mauricio Gonzalez, he's a, he's a physician, he's great, he lives, he lives in New York. He he's a friend of ours. He's, yeah, I know, yeah. So he's a friend of the whole community. Dr. Mauricio Gonzalez is a great resource. Uh, uh, Dr. La Doctora Paloma de la Fuente, she's another great doctor, she's Mexican. She and Mauricio tied for the title of the best uh, holistic doctor in, in, in Mexico. Doctora Paloma de la Fuente, she works in a hospital in Mexicali. Mm. And, and, and she can, she, she, Doctor Mauricio doesn't take patients online. Doctora Paloma de la Fuente does. So that's a different thing. And uh, Carla Saplana, she's from Spain and she's a, a professional nutritionist. She has a, she has a degree on, on nutrition um, and she's vegan too. She's amazing. And, and there's, there's chefs like Eddie Garza, our, our dear friend Eddie Garza, who cooks a lot of delicious Mexican food. Cool. So, so yeah, so, so that, that's just some of the people that I would, I would highly recommend following on, on Instagram, on Facebook, on their websites. And, uh, and we ourselves are going to launch a, a How to Go Vegan online course uh, before the end of the year. Nice. So we're, we're working on, on that. And uh, so, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of resources. And, and the documentaries, we don't have documentaries, unfortunately, in Spanish, because not yet. They'll come up pretty soon, mm -hmm. I hope. But they can watch the documentaries in English with the subtitles in Spanish. And I'm sure oh, as, soon as, they, as soon as they have that documentary, yeah, we can look forward to hearing you as the narrator on those, <laughs> the official voices of those, those um, documentaries. <laughs> no, that would, that would be great. That would be great. It's just expensive. It's just expensive. And there's mm -hmm. the, the, the market is more developed. There's more, there's more research. There's more, uh, there's more, there's more, uh, 
resources in English, in the English speaking language as, as of now. But little by little, we're, we're getting there. It's multiplying. There's festivals. I mean, if you're ever in Tulum, we have the Tulum Veg Fest. I go there every year. Tori has been trying to get us over there, but every single time we turn around, there's always a new event that we have to go to or something else. So we haven't been able to go to Tulum yet. Yeah, it's, it's a boutique festival. Don't, it's not thousands and thousands of people. It's a boutique festival because Tulum is a boutique destination, but it's really right. beautiful. It's really beautiful. Oh, no, he says that he loves it. He, he goes so there every year. Mm -hmm, David, David mm -hmm. Avocado Wolf was there too last year, mm -hmm. uh, speaking about carbon and uh, the benefits of, 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 of taking carbon. Uh, there are other, there's these Mexican twins that I really follow on Instagram, the, the OM, the OM twins. Om twins, Om twins. The Om twins, they're very good. Yeah. I love their workouts. They're very good. Yeah, you, you should. If you want to develop a, a vegan booty, that's those are the ones to follow. Or if you want to, <laughs> you don't want to develop a vegan booty, but you just want to get divorced, just follow them too. <laughs> 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 no, they're beautiful. They're they're dear friends of us, Pico and Gijo, and mm -hmm. they are athletes and they compete. They they compete. They're 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 Tori's uh, students, and mm -hmm. they and they show you how can you have a, a pretty beautiful healthy life developing muscles and, and competing and uh being really fit and uh, yeah and there's more and more of, of those uh those kind of influencers on instagram little, little which is little. i mean which is very awesome for me because you get to um some people just assume that on a vegan diet you're going to be sick you're going to be skinny mm -hmm. and then when they're like uh no you can build muscle hello they're hello. like what <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, do you see me wasting away? I mean, I work more than 12 now, unfortunately with the virus, we're working up to sometimes even a hundred hours than our usual 72 every two weeks. So it's like, how do you think I run around? It's because I feel my body with things that are going to keep me up instead of caffeine. I'm drinking my apple cider vinegar so I can stay awake. I'm drinking matcha. I'm drinking maca. I didn't know that apple cider vinegar keeps you awake. For me, yeah, like uh, when I do it, like, you know, at two o'clock, you're feeling tired. So I just put some in my water and it's like a shot that you can have. Wow, so it's like, I, I love that. it. Oh my God, I love apple cider vinegar. I use it, I've been using it since I, let me see, since I turned 21 in college. Yeah. I stopped drinking coffee in college because of that reason. Wow. I was like, we amazing. are, yeah, it, so, that's another story because it was a teacher who actually also converted me, just like you had a teacher. Yeah. So before we close out the podcast and you give us all of the deets of where we can find you on the Instagrams and the what's has it and who has it, um, what, do you have any closing remarks for our listeners? Anything maybe we didn't touch on or maybe a point you want to drive home? Well, I think we touched on all the, the very important things and I, I'm, I'm very grateful for this space uh, to be able to communicate with people. I, I just, I just want to say, uh, if, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're vegan already, congratulations, be a healthy vegan, mm -hmm. uh, educate yourself so you can do what Ravana did. And I say this with all my respect, respect for her, but is, that is not the kind of vegans we want. We want people who to be educated and to be examples for the community. And so I would, I would say, get the education. Don't be a junk food vegan. Don't be, don't be a, an unhealthy vegan because that's gonna backfire sooner or later. We wanna be great role models for the community. Now, if you're not fully vegan and you're making an effort, I really, really acknowledge you for listening to this podcast and just do your best, little by little, little by little. Think about including things, not only about giving up things. Think about the things you can include. Learn, learn to cook your favorite dishes in a, in a, in a vegan version. Uh, learn, educate yourself. That's, that's the, the most valuable piece of advice I can tell to anyone. Educate yourself. You wanna stay young, keep learning new things. 
That's that's the key. The day we feel we know everything, that then we become whole. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I've, I've been doing, and I'm I'm 50 years old. I'm not doing bad for my age. <laughs> I think I'm fine. I'm I have more energy than I was when I was in my 20s. I'm healthier than when I was in my 20s. And honestly, I feel it when I eat whole foods. I I eat, I eat a plant-based diet, whole foods plant-based diet. Even within the vegan diet, I feel much better than when I'm eating processed foods. I can see the big change. Obviously, there was a huge change before going vegan. Mm-hmm. But even with the vegan diet, now that we can celebrate that we have all these uh, delicious uh, cheat meals, that's great. But it's really easy to be an unhealthy vegan nowadays because of those yeah. things. So just just understand that those are cheat meals, not for every day. And uh, join the wagon and thank you for listening. Now, if you're a carnivore and you don't even know what you were listening to this, I really, really congratulate you because you're, you're, you are the one who's stretching out more out of your comfort zone. And I, and I really acknowledge you. So thank you. Thank you so much. So where do people can find you? Well, if you speak Spanish, I highly recommend my Facebook page is Marco Antonio Regil. If you speak English only on my Instagram, I do bilingual Insta stories and I'm, I'm bringing English more and more. So I highly recommend looking, looking up for me as Marco Antonio Regil. And my website, if you speak Spanish, marcoantonioregil.com, where we have our podcast, uh, where we have our online courses, and, and we have a lot, of, a lot of new things happening. So there you go. Thank you so much. And we want to thank you so much for coming on to the SoFlow Vegans podcast. And if you're listening to this, go to soflowvegans.com slash podcast, and you will see all of the information. So from everyone here at SoFlow, myself and Alba, Thank you so much. And we look forward to seeing you at a future event, maybe in Austin. Yes. Maybe in Bye Austin. Guys. <laughs> Come to Austin. Bye guys. Thank you, Alba. Thank you, Sean. God All bless right. you. You are listening to the SoFlow Vegans Podcast. Yeah, so that was our episode with Marco Antonio Regil. We want to thank him so much for joining us. It's such a pleasure to see Um, you know such a powerful voice representing compassion representing the vegan movement and we look forward to working with him again in the future like i said in the podcast hopefully in austin once things kind of get back to normal or we begin to move forward is a better way to say it but um you know what i want to talk about right now is kind of what's happening at the time of this the release of this podcast is the, the murder of George Floyd and the the protest and everything that's happening in this circle right now we are in a unique time for this country at least in my lifetime and you know how I personally feel about this is that you know that you know this happens it feels like it happens more way more than it should which is zero it should never happen but this time feels different and i think a combination of everyone being quarant and under quarantine people not having jobs it's 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 a situation where it's easier as someone who's not black to empathize with what's going on and you're seeing that at least i'm seeing that in my in my feed, you know, I'm seeing way more activity, more solidarity, and I'm also seeing the converse. I'm seeing, you know, the reverse of that as well. 
And for me, it's a it's a time for introspection. It's a time to look at who I am, who I'm being. Am I being the best version of myself? You know, I look to my nephews. I look to the younger generation. Because veganism and education and and you know the future are my passion. As an a, a former educator, or actually an educator, I'm always going to be education educating. I get to be an example, especially for other younger black kids that are out there, I get to, if I'm going to be vegan, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, I'm going to do all the things that I'm doing, I get to be the best version of that. And I took a look at myself and realized that I'm not being the best version of that. So that's my biggest takeaway is like, I get to not just talk to talk, I get to walk to walk and extend that to what I'm doing in for veganism, I'm doing for just compassion in general. So, you know, it's, I'm excited to see where we go, especially with 2020 only reaching, barely reaching the halfway point and elections coming up. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of exciting developments that we get to be at our best self to prepare. So, um, yeah, so we'll continue to put out episodes. We'll continue to, to share our voice, speak up for black people, speak up for the LGBT community, speak up for everyone. But right now, we get to speak up for black community, and I get to do that by being my best self and representing and, and making South Florida a global hotspot for veganism um, because at the core of that is is the message of compassion and that's what i see is missing and um yeah that's that's where it is no no second takes <laughs> you know what i mean it's it's that's how i feel and um yeah so i guess with that being said my usual closing with that being said we look forward to seeing you on our visit us for next batch of episodes Go to soflowvegans.com slash podcast, and um, thank you for listening. You are listening to the SoFlow Vegans Podcast. <laughs>